0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday, which means class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University, the executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show. We'll dive into some of the biggest games in week three with Greg momentarily. We are, of course, presented by DraftKings. Thank goodness for those dudes and that company a wonderful company that has been huge for Brian and I and the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. Don't even think about playing Daily Fantasy or placing bets anywhere other than DraftKings if you like this show because that's how good those guys have been to us. Spread the word, winner. Buy a social media tomorrow. I already told you. It's an Instagram-like. So easy. At Ross Tucker Pod. Like some of our clips or reels or whatever we posted at Ross Tucker pod on Instagram. You've got a chance to be announced tomorrow. Get one of these glorious press passes or a signed picture, signed card really up to you. Sponsor confirmation email winner. Love those of you who take advantage of so many of our sponsors simply safe. Uh, we've got symbol, which I'll tell you about today, which I'm a big fan of the Raycon earbuds and then the YouTube shout out. I want to do a video for you. I, I, I want to do a video specifically for you and whoever you want me to do it for. Just subscribe, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. It's free. You literally just hit a thumbs up button and then make a comment on any video. I see them all. And then boom, I'll say, oh, that's a new person making a comment. haven't seen that name before. And I'll announce you as the YouTube shout out winner. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Speaking of shout outs, We're racking up the Tuckheads over at patreon.com slash RT Media. Mark Heyduke is the latest. I'm going with Heyduke, H A J D U K. I think it's Heyduke. I think he's Greg Osell. I think it's big show time. The big show. All right, Greg, I will make my prediction (laughs) for the Steelers and the Browns a little bit later in the show but I want to dive into some of the juicier matchups on Sunday. Let's start with the chiefs and the Colts fascinated by this game. I need to know what the chiefs are doing without Tyree kill. And I need to know what's going on with the Colts, Greg. Yeah. Well, I think the Colts
1: one issue that I think really shows up on tape is their offensive line has not been very good. And we thought that would be a problem, Ross going into the season, uh, I think maybe people assume because they had Quentin Nelson that they were a great offensive line, and he's obviously a great left guard, but they had concerns, and that has shown up. And the reason it's a concern, too, is Matt Ryan, and he Matt Ryan is arguably a notch below a Hall of Fame player, but he's a certain kind of quarterback in that he's a pocket quarterback who's a strider. And pocket quarterbacks that are striders need the the pocket to be clean in front of them. So the offensive line needs to control the depth of the pocket. So there's space, you know, this you play offensive line. Uh, and that's been a concern because Ryan is obviously not a second reaction playmaker. And uh, they're obviously they the first week of the season, they ran the ball exceptionally well. This week they got behind and the run game became a non factor simply because the score dictated otherwise. But offensively, they're struggling. And I'm going to be curious to see what Frank Reichenstaff do to try to get this going. They were down receivers last week, and they need those receivers back. But they're going to need to give Matt Ryan time to throw the football.
0: It's so funny, isn't it, Greg? You know, people say, oh, are you worried about this team? Are you concerned? Well, when the concerns I have going into this season show up in the first two weeks, then I'm concerned. Yes. Correct. You know what I mean? Like – I was concerned about their O-line, in particular at left tackle and right guard. And then I was concerned about their receivers. And maybe you say, well, Pearson Pittman got hurt. Okay, but that that's part of it. Uh what about the Chiefs, Greg? They're still scoring points, they're still moving the ball.
1: Yeah, well, I had said before the season, I don't know if it was with you or just others that I had spoken with, that I didn't think that the loss of Tyree Kill would really pose a problem. For Patrick Mahomes, because I think Mahomes is a quarterback that elevates the play of those around him. Um, and obviously, Mahomes can be really precise from the pocket. He's an excellent throw of the football, and he can also make plays outside of structure, which obviously puts tremendous stress on the discipline of defenses. Um, you know, what has stood out through two games, and maybe this is the one thing that we have seen that is a function of Tyreek Hill not being there, is the the Chiefs increased use of two tight end personnel groupings. You know, they've been much more of an 11 personnel offense with three wide receivers, but they've played with two tight ends more. I wish I had a brilliant answer as to why. It's certainly easy to say it's because Tyreek Hill is not there, but we don't know that. Um, so that's just one thing that has stood out. But I think that um, uh, their past game has been really consistent. I mean last week against the Chargers there were no real big plays. I thought Mahomes uh I thought the Chargers actually did a very good job showing a lot of different looks in the secondary. They did play a lot of man coverage. Maybe we would not see that as much with Tyreek Hill. But for the most part, I think that Patrick Mahomes has been very solid and they do have a good all line. You know, that's a lot of the pass game comes down to protection. You and I both know you do not have a pass game if you
0: can't protect. Totally agree. They did have that deep post touchdown to Justin Watson. Yeah, and Morgan that was that was that was
1: Mahomes being Mahomes. I mean, he moved up in the pocket. He has great vision on the move and obviously the rare ability to deliver off-platform and off-balance throws with distance. Uh and that was a great example of that. Uh, that Watson 41 yard touchdown, where he actually beat J.C. Jackson.
0: The Bills are playing the Dolphins, and they got a couple of high powered offense, Gregs. What will you be looking at in this one?
1: Yeah, I'm going to be really fascinated. I think that, and I said this before the season as well, that I thought Tua would play well given the working with Mike McDaniel and those wide receivers, not because they can just run by people. We have to put aside the two long touchdowns to Hill from last week. Those were busts. I don't know how to you know, deal with that in, in terms of, wow, two is playing well, but he is playing well. But those plays you almost have to push aside. But Mike McDaniel does such a good job with the use of personnel, formation, shifts, motions that he creates a number of things for his pass game uh, and and the reason I think that the speed of Hill and Waddle is so important is not simply because they can run by by corners because that won 't be the foundation of their pass game, the vertical element it 's because corners will not press them, and therefore the, their routes will not be disrupted ross and what is Tua at his best? He's a timing and rhythm player that hits his back foot and gets the ball out. So the pass rush will not get there. And if you can't disrupt the receiver's routes because you're concerned about getting beat over the top, then there's no disruption to the timing and rhythm of the pass game. And that plays beautifully
0: into what Tua is. And I think they'll be successful throwing the football. That is really interesting, Greg. I've not heard anybody else say that but that makes perfect sense people aren't going to press them because they don't want them to go by them so it means that their routes really aren't disrupted and it allows for the timing of the offense don't you have to try to reroute them somehow Greg? you, do. Are you I mean, mess up the rhythm somehow
1: obviously yes i mean and and i there's different ways to do that obviously but the point is is you won't see i don't believe a lot of press because even though two is not a true deep ball thrower, you know he's not the, the kind of guy that's going to drive it with distance. Like let's say a Josh Allen fades and posts are not really deep ball arm strength throws. So if you press Hill and he immediately gets by you and you throw a fade, that's not a deep ball throw. So what you have to do, and and this is something I can't do because I, I I'm I'm one guy and I'm not just studying one team. Is you have to study their route concepts based on the splits and alignments of their receivers. And understand when they're aligned in specific spots, their tendency is to do this. When they're aligned somewhere else, their tendency is to do this. That's what teams do, obviously. So that's what coaches do. So you have to get a feel for that. So even if you don't press them, you can at least have bodies in the area in which they tendency-wise run routes
0: based on location and splits. I don't even know what to say about the Bills offense, Greg. They're just really good. I mean, what, is there well, something to say?
1: Yeah, this is what I would say. I think the thing we've noticed this year, and it started last year, but I, it, it's become very noticeable this year, is that Josh Allen has become a quick rhythm thrower. If you notice their pass game, uh, week one, they obviously wanted to make sure that Aaron Donald didn't wreck their day. Um, uh, the best pass rusher on Tennessee was Jeffrey Simmons, an inside pass rusher. So they they are now a timing and rhythm pass game. Allen gets the ball out um, and obviously has the ability at any time to throw it down the field. But... You know, two or three years ago, we would never have said that Josh Allen could evolve into this kind of quarterback that's rhythmic and throws the ball on time with precise ball location, but he can do that. And they have an outstanding RPO game. What they do is they line up digs where they reduce split to the boundary. And you know, Ross, when you line up a receiver to the boundary in a reduced split, he rarely gets pressed. So instead of throwing in breaking routes off RPO looks, they throw those quick outs to digs. We saw about five of them on Monday night. It becomes pitch and catch and they get eight yards on first down. And obviously if you're in second and
0: two a lot, that's good for the offense. Totally agree with everything you just said. It's, Stunning to see how quickly Josh Allen gets rid of the ball now compared to his first two years. Yep. Just stunning. Um, what about the Lions? Yeah. How about these Lions against the Vikings?
1: Well, let's just talk about the Lions for a second. And, you know, no one can say what their record's going to be. That, that's impossible. So I'm not going to sit here and say, wow, they're really good and they're going to be 12-5. and five. That, That's not the point. But I think through two weeks, one thing has stood out they are not going to be an easy team to play against. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, whose previous background before he got to the Lions was under Dennis Allen in New Orleans. He was there, I believe, for five years. They are incredibly aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. They pressure, they're multiple with their looks. um, They have different personnel packages on defense. Uh, Obviously, they have to hold up on the back end if you're going to pressure, and that would probably be the question as the season continues. But Aaron Glenn makes it difficult to play against with everything that they do from a pressure standpoint. And offensively, um, they want to run the ball. They're very multiple with their run game concepts. Um, that's been really effective. I mean, Swift has had two 50 plus yard runs in each of the first two games. You don't see that very often in the NFL. Um, and I think the past game, look, Jared Goff has always been a pretty thrower of the football. We know that he needs to be secure in the pocket. He's not necessarily a, a contested muddied pocket thrower, but if they can protect, um, and I don't know when, um, Uh, the Alabama rookie will be back, Jamison Williams. I don't know if they see him playing this year at all, but they've done a really nice job with how they get to their route concept. So this is not going to be an easy team to play against.
0: Greg, I'm not sure I ever thought I would see Jalen Hurts play as well, and maybe in particular the way he played on Monday night. I'm not sure I ever thought he would get there where it was consistent – ball placement from the pocket like he did Greg
1: yeah and I think that Hertz played an exceptionally good game um you know it's a real interesting mix of of the quarterback playing at a higher level the offensive coordinator and the the offensive staff understanding who they were playing against you know when I popped in that tape what we saw was Ed Donatel the D coordinator from Minnesota who comes from the Vic Fangio School of Defense he basically stayed in a two shell, two high safety coverage the entire game. And that's what what he does for the most part. And they rely on pressure from their front four. And their front four is good in the week before against Green Bay, as you know, Ross, they were able to generate an awful lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. But the Eagles arguably have the best offensive line, certainly top three. And they just shut down the pass rush and Hertz was secure, clean in the pocket. And he was able to deliver the ball with comfort and confidence. And his his ball location was precise throughout the game. Uh, obviously there was a miscommunication slash bust on the long touchdown to Watkins, but he made an excellent throw. And Hertz just looked in total command. But I think it was also a case where if you're putting it in, in, in a perspective, and that's what coaches have to do as well, It was against a defense that ultimately did not give them much that they had to decipher. But there's no question that the Eagles offense executed at a very high level.
0: I was kind of surprised when you're playing the Eagles to have two deep safeties the whole time. I I don't really understand. I mean, I I guess I'd be most concerned with the run game and keeping two deep safeties like that. I was a little surprised that they did that. Usually you do that because you're worried about giving up explosives. Yep. And then they did anyway. I mean, well, did it, the, the Watkins play anyway. You know the other
1: issue that you face when you play quarterbacks that can run, and that, and I'm talking about design runs. I'm not talking about scrambles and second reaction runs. Is when you do have the quarterback, the term they like to use is plus one. When the quarterback is part of your run game, sometimes it can be hard to play man, uh, Ross, because what happens? If you Let's say you take a tight end or a back or, or, or receivers and you run them off and the defense has to go with them if you're playing in man coverage. So you put a tight end on the line of scrimmage, let's say, as an attached tight end, and instead of using him as a physical blocker, he ends up with, with what we call an easy release. He releases easily off the line of scrimmage and he takes a defender with him because it's man coverage, so you lose run support. So sometimes it can be difficult to play man coverage against uh, teams that have quarterbacks that are plus-one quarterbacks that are part of the offense's design run game concepts.
0: Greg, I'm very interested in the Jags and the Chargers game yeah. for whatever reason. What, what what interests you in that What one? really
1: interests me is I've watched – Trevor Lawrence now, and i watched probably more Trevor Lawrence in my life than than many quarterbacks, because I think I watched every game he played at Clemson, and then obviously his games in the NFL. Um, And I think you're beginning to see, and it will be incremental, so it's not going to happen every week. I want people to understand that. I'm not suggesting that what I'm about to say is, wow, he's there, and this is just going to happen every snap. But you're beginning to see the transformation take place due to Doug Peterson. Because you're starting to see that Lawrence is a little quicker on his drop, a little quicker on his set. The ball's coming out quicker. He's not striding quite as much because Doug Peterson, a major foundation of what Doug Peterson does with the pass game is timing and rhythm. And quarterbacks who are long and are striders, they often struggle in that kind of passing game because everything has to be quick. It's like Tua. He's really good at that. That's his game. You know, Trevor Lawrence is long. He's long-legged. So you have to speed him up. And I think you're slowly starting to see the transformation take place. And as I said, it won't look great every single week, but it's noticeable on film.
0: What about the Packers and the Bucks? I wanted to get uh, at least one yeah. thought from you on that game.
1: Yeah, the Bucks have a really, really good defense. That's That's not a profound statement, obviously, Ross. But I'm curious to see – how the Packers approach it, they've struggled at times with this buck's defense um and last week against the Bears, they obviously committed to the run game and ran the ball exceptionally well um and I think I'm curious to see if they come out that way, how they structure their run game to try to create runs um Unfortunately, we have no idea about their left tackle; it doesn't appear he's might play this week either, but I guess we will not know the answer to that until game time. Um, but I think that that's, that side of the ball has always been advantage Bucks in in, in recent meetings. And um, the Bucks have two really good linebackers. Devin White's played really well through two games. Their secondary is healthy, which it was not a year ago. And I think that that has really allowed them to be a better defense
0: last but not least greg definitely want to get your thoughts on the niners and the broncos yeah um there's a lot there um obviously (laughs) the broncos are kind of a mess so far so far uh trey lance is done for the year for the niners it's jimmy g time so let's talk about both these teams actually well i would say real
1: quick with with denver uh and maybe it's a function of being in a new offense But through two games, Russell Wilson is not seeing things clearly and quickly enough. His his reading process has been a little slow. Now, you would expect that to to be cleaned up just as he plays more games within the context of a new offense. Uh, On the other side of the ball, what most fascinates me, uh, Ross, about the 49ers is I personally believe and this is just a personal feeling. I could be wrong. Think back to last year. The Niners won a lot of games uh, when they started to play well where Jimmy G threw 22 balls, 23 balls. I just have a gut that you're going to see the Niners be a little more aggressive throwing the football this year. I'm not suggesting they're going to have Jimmy G drop back 40, 45 times. But Kyle Shanahan knows the way the league is structured now no matter how good their defense is, and it's good that it's tough to win every week, you know, 20 to 17, it's tough to win every week just with your run game. And it would not surprise me to see them be a little more proactive and aggressive in in favorable down and distance situations, throwing the football. Because they have more speed now. Danny Gray, the rookie, he can run. Um, Obviously, Ayuk now is a developing player. He can get vertical. Um, Samuel may not be truly vertical, but he's incredibly multidimensional. They have weapons on the perimeter. And I sense, just like I said, a gut feeling that they may be a little more aggressive proactively with the pass game.
0: Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell. He is fantastic, as all of you already know. Joins us every Thursday here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And then you can follow him to find out the different show times for NFL matchup this weekend. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Well, I like what Greg had to say about Trevor Lawrence because, as I mentioned on the Even Money podcast on Tuesday, I bought a little stock in the Jacksonville Jaguars and I did it through Symbol, the stock market for sports. Pro Football Focus calls Symbol the perfect blend of sports and the stock market offering a brand new way to invest in your favorite teams and profit off their success. It is very cool. And I wish I had thought of it to be able to combine basically the thrill of sports betting with the profitability of the stock market to give you a platform where fortune favors us like the fan. Here's the coolest thing they got going right now. If you download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store and use promo code ROSS, you'll get a free team stock valued at up to $150 upon sign-up. So you get a free $150. Like I, I don't know why everybody wouldn't do it. It's code ROSS to claim your free stock on the Symbol mobile app. Duck Good morning, Ross. Let's start
1: today with the Bucks. They put running back Gio Bernard and tackle Josh Wells on IR. And as we talked about yesterday, wide receiver Mike Evans, his suspension is upheld. For, so he's out this week.
0: Right. He appealed to James Thrash, who upheld it. He's out. Big loss against the Packers. The Bucks just have a lot of injuries. I mean, they're, they're finding ways to win but Gio Bernard now Josh Wells who was in for Donovan Smith the the season is a war of attrition and maybe on some level you can say they're getting some of these injuries out of the way cuz they're going to make the playoffs and they'll have these guys later maybe when it matters like Godwin and whoever maybe even Jensen you never know but they they've taken their fair share of hits already Ducks takes
1: Raiders and Patriots made a trade. Raiders just get tackled Justin Heron.
0: Yeah, this makes sense because the Patriots recently signed Marcus Cannon, their former player, to the practice squad. They can promote Marcus Cannon to be the swing guy at both tackles behind Wynn and Trent Brown. Heron is a former Wake Forest uh, tackle. I called at least one of his games in college – and he's in a situation where the Raiders are really struggling along the offensive line. And uh, he can even play some guard, I think. And I think the O line coach for the Raiders, uh, Carmen Brasillo, I, I think he trusts Heron. You know, he's, he was with them the last couple of years in New England. So he knows what he is, he trusts him. And I think he obviously has a greater comfort level with Heron than he does with the guys already on this Raiders roster.
1: Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow has removed Twitter and Instagram from his
0: phone. You know, I can totally see this. We don't really talk about this enough, but I played like right before social media became a big deal, like right before it. And I bet you it's tough. I bet you it's tough to see all the criticism, all the people mad at you. Now, the flip side is it's pretty cool, probably, to see the praise. And I can tell you, I experienced this a little bit just from the media. Every once in a while, I'll do a search for my name after, like, an Eagles preseason game or whatever, and it's, like, 90% positive. But then there's 10% of people that don't like me and that's fine. It's a subjective business. There's 10% of people that that they don't care for me for whatever reason. That's all right. Um, But I think a lot of people really struggle with that. A lot of people really, that really bothers them. And I would say it doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't like it. Like I don't like when I see a Twitter comment or an Instagram comment of someone that doesn't like me on TV and says I'm the worst or whatever. I, I don't enjoy that, but I guess I think I'm, I'm able to keep it in proper perspective. And, you know, the best guys, right, the guys that are, have the biggest jobs, Romo and Collinsworth or Joe, they get crushed on social media. So it's like nobody has 100%. I'd like to see what it would be like for John Madden now. There'd be people like complaining about John Madden. Duck huh? takes.
1: All right, the, tonight we got a game. First place in the AFC North is on the line. Browns hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got and
0: why? I think it's a toss-up game. I really do. I think it's a field goal wins it late for one team or the other. I, I'll lean to the Browns because they're at home and because I think that Brissette – is playing better than Trubisky. And I don't know how many of you listened to Joe Dolan on yesterday's Fantasy Feast podcast, but the Browns have actually scored on 52.4% of their possessions, which is tied with the Bills and the Chiefs for the most in the NFL. Browns' offense has actually moved the ball, and they've had a lot of scoring drives. So that's why I'll go with the Browns. Browns, by a field goal, Steelers D is still pretty tough, even without TJ Watt, so I think it's like 20-17, 23-20, something like that, Browns get the win, but I think it's a really uh, good game, competitive game, probably a pretty low-scoring game, unless Trubisky somehow wakes up going back to his hometown, because that's where he's from, by the way, I haven't checked my email in a day, but I only have one email left from you guys to answer on the show. So instead of even getting to that right now, I'm just going to tell you about our I Think We're Done Here members of Patreon.com slash RT Media. Pizza Boy Brewing had their New England Murrin last night. Delicious. Sporticulture. HumanHeadNYC.com. Sports.com, S-T-A-K-E, Sports.com, Go-Bangles.com. Maybe that's where Joe Burrow will go to read up on what's going on now. Evergreen Economics and my favorite gift you can give someone because of what it means to them and how much it means to them and the fact that it's the gift that keeps on giving. MyFrontPageStory.com. All the other shows for the week are posted. Even Money, College Draft, both Fantasy feasts, Business and Sports. Tomorrow morning, bright and early, I will make my prediction for every other game in the NFL as well as let you know what happened from my perspective in tonight's Browns-Steelers game. Other than that, I think we're done here.